Hey there, and welcome to another episode of my weekly show. I'm Father Roderick, and it is late at night. This this could be a late night show. Because <laughs> I'm recording this, believe it or not, a quarter past 11. I should be in bed, and instead I'm behind a microphone. What happened? I'll tell you all about it, and more in this episode. This show is brought to you thanks to my patrons. They allow me to do this kind of work. Uh, the Pope doesn't pay me for this. And it also helps me to provide all this content free of advertisements. I hate advertisements in in my in my podcast, also on YouTube. I, I just turn it off. Turn it off! But then I can do that because I have people that support me in another way. And I think... The Patreon system is so much better uh, to support creators like me than uh, than just stupid advertisements. So thank you so much if you're a patron. If you want to check it out, go to patreon.com slash fatherroderick. And for my patrons, I always record an extra podcast. And there will be lots and lots of goodies in the weeks to come for my patrons. So if you have a, a dime to spare, then please check it out. Do you know what's going on? This is what's happening in your world. They said Catholics rule. We got Boston, South America, the good part of Ireland, and we're making serious inroads in Mozambique, baby. You've taken your first step into a larger world. So here's what's going on in my part of the world. The reason that I'm behind a microphone at a quarter past 11, or it's actually now 70 minutes past 11, is that I have been working against a deadline. Now, you know how much I hate deadlines. That's why I love podcasting. That's why I love YouTube. I can just go online, record something whenever I feel like it and whenever I have the energy. But when you work in television like I do, there are these deadlines that you have to meet. And so I've been working from 9 o'clock this morning till, well, just 15 minutes ago. I stopped working and I had to edit a documentary about Ireland. And uh, this today, I did all the video editing in one day, which is quite a lot of work for a show that will be 25 minutes long on television. Uh, It's got hundreds and hundreds of edits. Uh, I had to do a lot of color correction, lots of technical stuff. And right now, it's it's, uh, rendering. So... You can edit something, but then the computer needs to still calculate all those, you know, modifications, you, the cuts you made, the uh, audio modifications, the color correction, all that has to be rendered. And that takes time. That takes about 40 minutes. And so it's currently in the final 15 minutes. And I was like, oh, what am I going to do? Just sit here and stare at my desk or a desktop computer or record the show that I wanted to record on Tuesday, but I couldn't because... I was writing the documentary. Ah, this television works so <laughs> not for me. Anyway, uh, we're going to talk about a lot of things. The biggest news, of course, was the launch of Disney Plus, And oh my goodness, we love it. Don't we all? Well, those of, you, those of us that actually have access to Disney Plus, because I'm so sad for all my uh, listeners that live in countries where the service has not launched yet. It's not that you have nothing to do, because you can always watch Netflix or regular TV. Does that even exist anymore? But you're missing out on all the excitement about these, you know, the things that are launching right now, and you're bound to get spoiled. How do you not like movies? They're predictable. Like, the guy gets the girl, and that kid sees dead people, and Darth Vader is Luke's father. Not liking movies is like not liking puppies. 
They're fine. I just get bored and never make it to the end. You know, you need a movie education. You need a movication. I'm going to give it to you. The biggest release, of course, on Disney Plus for, well, geeks like I am, is was The Mandalorian. This is the first time ever that we get to see uh, a real-life uh, television series in the world of Star Wars. This is actually what George Lucas originally kind of conceived and wanted Star Wars to be. He based Star Wars on the old Saturday afternoon or Saturday matinee uh, movies about Flash Gordon. They would be serialized. And so in his mind, Star Wars would be a perfect fit for that kind of storytelling. It's incredible that it took so many decades for this to, to materialize. But it actually arrives, and I have to say, it works. It totally works. Now, of course, this is going to be totally spoiler-free because, uh, well, a lot of you haven't seen the episode yet or are still waiting for Disney+. Plus. And I hope that my fellow Star Wars fans will also respect uh, those of you that haven't been able to watch this yet because nothing worse than spoilers. I mean, I've... I've tried to stay spoiler free for instance for Game of Thrones I was very far behind I didn't even have all the 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 episodes um, because well I don't have HBO so I need to buy them on Blu-ray or someone else uh, has to uh, lend them to me so I haven't finished the last two seasons and for months the my Facebook and Twitter uh, feeds were so dangerous because of all the all the potential spoilers that were, were posted there. So I had inst uh, a filter that I installed to filter out everything that could remotely be Game of Thrones related. And even even though I had that filter, still some of the leaks, some of the spoilers uh, came through. Now with The Mandalorian, especially the first episode, has a really big thing. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say about it. There's a, this big thing. And you don't want to know it. If you haven't seen it yet, you don't want to know that. And I so hope that you can stay spoiler-free un until you see it. But um, as for those of you that have been able to enjoy Disney Plus now, um, told you so. <laughs> In the Netherlands, we've had Disney Plus for a couple of months now because they were testing it out. And uh, and it's a very, very good service. I mean, I, I enjoy it just as much as I do Netflix, even though it's a very different animal, a mouse. <laughs> it's, it's a different platform. It's got a very family-friendly uh, uh, inventory or catalog. Netflix is much more diverse. You have horror in there. You've got, you know, stuff for adults. You've got kids stuff. Um, but it's it's a... It's kind of hodgepodge. It's got a lot, a lot of uh, uh, content that is made exclusively for Netflix. That, of course, for Disney is not a problem whatsoever because they own everything <laughs> that's on there. They own National Geographic. They own Pixar. They own Marvel. They own Star Wars, Lucasfilm. And, of course, their own productions. And, and that catalog is among the most popular catalogs in the world, I think, when it comes to movies and TV shows. So I think if you add up Netflix and Amazon Prime and Disney, basically you should stop worrying that you're missing out because per definition, you are constantly missing out. There's no way in the world that someone can watch everything that's on there. And so 
in my shows, I always try to stay topical. I try to review uh, things that are new. But I guess I have to be even more picky in the future and really look at the big things that, that most of my audience have seen. Because otherwise, you know, and then maybe I will, I'll find some gems here and there and I can, I can give you some, some tips. You know, this is what I enjoyed. Nobody watches it. Go watch it. That's probably the only thing that I can do. But I, a couple of years ago, when I was still a young podcaster, <laughs> I was doing all these different series about a ton of different television series. I do Star Trek, Harry Potter, Star Wars, Tintin. I was just, I don't know, 20, 30 different series I think I, I've done over, over time. And I try to kind of target all these niche audiences with those podcasts. And I'm so glad I don't do that anymore because it's impossible. You cannot follow everything, watch everything. And and for me, the, the best attitude, even when it comes to, if you only have Disney+, Plus, there's so much on Disney+. Plus. How are you going to watch all that? And that can make you, make you anxious and it's like, I'm missing out, I haven't seen it yet. The best thing is, take a look at what you have and just pick what you think you will enjoy. And if you don't care for it, let it go. Take something else. Um, and and tr just try to enjoy and, and stay in the moment. That is the best remedy against the fear of missing out. Is just be in the moment. If you're watching something that you like, even if it's, I don't know, a National Geographic documentary, don't think in the back of your mind, oh, but I've got such a list of other stuff that I need to see. That will make you just go from one series to another and you'll end up with all these loose threads, all these series that you started to watch and never finished. I, I think it's better to just jump into a couple of series, enjoy them to the fullest, go online, find a podcast that talks about it and and move on once you finish that. Uh, but don't worry that to don't think that you need to watch everything because it's impossible hey so disney awesome i also love 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 the simpsons on their 30 seasons gosh i stopped collecting the dvds at one point i i bought all the dvd boxes for about 12 years i think because of all the 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 director's commentaries i mean those dvd boxes every episode had a uh, live commentary and and I learned so much about about The Simpsons, about how all those episodes came to be. I love all those extras. And I'm glad to see that actually on the Disney Plus platform, they do have extras. They do show you like behind-the-scenes stuff or smaller documentaries. Maybe in the future they will even offer director's commentaries. I really, really hope so. Um, so really like... The fact that I can now catch up on the 15 seasons of The Simpsons that I haven't seen yet because I don't have them on DVD and they're not on... Well, I don't have television, so <laughs> I've not been able to see them. And that's a lot of fun. And and then, of course, you know, every once in a while you get nostalgic and you want to see one of those classic Disney movies that you saw, that you watched when you were a kid. It's all there now, and I'm loving it. For those of you that are not able to watch Disney Plus right now, I will give you a few more tips on Netflix. So I've, I've been watching the last few episodes of The Good Place. If you haven't seen that series yet, highly recommend it. Talks about people that end up in what they think is heaven, but turns out to be some kind of a test by the demons in hell. And uh, there's a lot of... Uh, 
it, 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 I think this is now the fourth season, and it's so good, and it's so funny. And actually, it's quite educational as well. They put in a lot of philosophy, a lot of these big questions, and at the same time, it stays super entertaining. Um, and it's going to wrap up in a couple of episodes from now. I don't know how they're going to finish it. I think it's a good thing that they're wrapping things up now because, you know, there's only so much that you can do with the concept of the show. But uh, it's it's one of those series that I really am glad that I've, I've seen every single episode of. For All Mankind, I watched the third episode. That's, of course, is Apple's uh, TV Plus service. It's all plus nowadays. Um, For All Mankind, it's the only thing that I've watched. I, I watched one episode of C with uh, Momoa, uh, which yeah, was kind of okay-ish. Uh, but towards the end, there was kind of this totally unnecessary, blasphemous, stupid scene where they all of a sudden, oh, we need more you know, shocking content. Le- we need to do a little bit of Game of Thrones. We have five minutes left. Let's just do this. And... Uh, didn't really, uh, didn't really uh, enjoy it that much. Uh, that 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 series, um, but but for all mankind, loving it. It's Ronald D. Moore. That's all I'm gonna say. Speaking of Ronald D. Moore, I finally started rewatching Outlander on Netflix. Outlander filmed in Scotland, most of it, some of it, the studio work, uh, also written and directed. But not everything, I think, but definitely written. Well, it's it's scripted. It's the the screenplay. It's based on books, actually. The screenplay is by Ronald D. Moore, and also you know the way to turn that into watchable television, and it's very good. And of course, it's got that Scottish vibe, so there's a lot to enjoy. Um, and I I've seen I think one season. I totally forgot about the entire story, so I had to go back and rewatch everything. But um, so the, even if you don't have Disney Plus, there is so much to enjoy. So don't worry too much about it. There's always something on TV. <laughs> Catholics rock. It's time for the Peculiar Bunch, and here at the Peculiar Bunch, we're always happy to tell you everything you always wanted to know about those darn Christians, but you were afraid to ask. Catholics can be a peculiar bunch. No meat on Friday. Meat? What do they eat? Light bulbs? Well, no light bulbs for Catholics, but they do have their weird things, and also sometimes weird people and weird groups. Man, you guys got more crazy rules than Blockbuster Video. So as you know, I um, travel between various churches. There are 15 churches in two parishes that I serve as one of the people of the pastoral team, I'm not the only priest, fortunately, uh, one of three priests. And so I get to a lot of different churches, a lot of different people, and uh, they almost all always are uh, extremely different and diverse. Sometimes I'm in a very liberal parish and everybody loves to talk about, you know, social justice and, and the ecology and the... And, and then in other parishes, they're much more kind of traditional uh, Orthodox Catholic, and you'll get, have conversations in the back of the church about, you know, the rosary and, and that sort of stuff. So the other day I was in one of those churches, and a lady comes to, to me at the end of Mass, and uh, she you, you all, almost always gives me feedback, usually very kind, very positive. Uh, definitely someone who for who 
let's say the devotional side of, of faith is very important. So she 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 takes my arm. She says, "Do you know this website?" And then she gives me a URL and is like, "I have not heard of it." Um, and so you have to really check it out. It's very important. It will explain everything that's going on in the church and in the world. Everything you always wanted to know. I'm thinking that sounds like the peculiar bunch. <laughs> but it's like the, this one website, according to her, was the definitive answer to all these confusing things that were happening in the church. What with the the Amazon Synod and all the you know the, these these weird statues and 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 Pope Francis doing all sorts of worrying things and the devil being at work in the world. And but go to this website, and everything will become clear. Now, needless to say that I'm always a little bit skeptical when people tell me that a website contains, you know, the answer to all the questions in the universe. As far as I know, the only question, the only answer to that question can be found in the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Uh, But, uh, just kidding. So I went to this website, and I'm starting to read some of those articles, and it's all... It's all in this 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 red alert mode. It's like the world is coming to an end. The the church is coming to an end. These bishops are all wrong. Uh, the devil is everywhere. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. That's that's a lot of bad tidings. And then, but but here's the solution. This is what the Virgin Mary tells us to do. And then they have these prophecies, like the Virgin Mary talking to the website, I guess, <laughs> or at least the website reprints those those prophecies and i'm reading that and i was like so according to this this uh, this prophecy um it had it has been foretold that uh, there will be two popes at one time and one will be the real pope and the other one will be the devil himself it will be the false pope who's going to lead all of us to hell unless we stay faithful to the rosary and uh, it just goes on like that and I was like, okay and then i was like well what's the source of this where are these prophecies coming from and I Google a little bit, and it turns out it's this lady from Ireland. Now, I love Ireland, and it's a very spiritual country, but it doesn't mean that everything that comes from Ireland is necessarily, you know, something that I can condone or even, you know, tolerate. So apparently, these prophecies on that website came from a lady... Who uh, calls herself Maria Divine Mercy, um, and she's anonymous. Nobody knows who she is. At least, according to lore, nobody knows who. Some journalists figured out who she was. But anyway, according to her website, she is a Roman Catholic married mother of a young family living in Europe. In Europe. And uh, she has been receiving messages from the Holy Trinity, as well as by the Virgin Mary. The woman wishes to be known by the name Maria Divine Mercy and says that it is the wish of Jesus that she remains anonymous to protect her family and to avoid any distraction from the messages. The messages have been received since November 2010 and are still ongoing. Over 650 messages have been received. So... I'm looking at those messages as a theologian, and I'm thinking, this is completely made up. 
this is so confused and <laughs> it's confusing the readers. And there is no way in the world and in the universe and in the galaxy and in eternity that this can come from the Virgin Mary or from God because it's, it, it's wrong in so many ways. So, and, and there are actually really, really pretentious things in those, in those uh, uh, messages. So according to her own revelations, she is actually, Jesus told her that Mary is the seventh messenger, an angel. I think, ah, that's not possible because humans are not angels. Angels are pure spirits. Humans have a spirit, a soul, and a body. And there is a ontological difference between an angel and a human. So a, a, a human, a, a lady um, who receives messages, can never be an angel because that's not what humans are. Uh, so that's just one of the many, many, many crazy things. So according to her, Pope Benedict XVI is the last pope on earth and chosen by Jesus to lead the church during the last days. Red alert, last days, end of the world, coming soon. Please donate here. That's kind of what, I, what I'm suspecting here. And uh, Pope Benedict would be forced from office, according to the prophecy. He will be ousted from the Holy See in Rome. And this plan was launched within the corridors of the Vatican. And now that he has resigned, people will try to kill him. It, it, they will say that he was guilty of a crime of which he's totally innocent. So th th these are all these predictions and prophecies. Well, it turns out that a lot of these prophecies actually emerged right after Pope, Fre uh, Pope Benedict resigned. So it's like predating your email. Like I did send you that email five days ago. Did you re or or did you hear that about the the, the messages for for um, Valentine's Day that only now start to arrive? <laughs> People are faking that and saying, "But I I sent you a message. Must be one of those messages that never arrived." <sighs> the thing is with these private revelations, always be super suspicious when it's not been. Uh, verified uh, when the church has not pronounced uh, itself or, uh, about stuff like that. That lady also refers to lots of other seers and 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 apparitions that have been declared invalid or you know not credible by the Catholic Church. This, this is basically what happens if you if you have spirituality or intuition or whatever you want to call it without without verification by the church. That's why in the Catholic Church we have a magisterium, we have a hierarchy, we have a pope, we have bishops that have the mandate to discern whether something, even though it may be experienced as something that comes straight from heaven, but it's still you still need the church to verify if that's truly the case or not. That's why we have theologians as well. That's why we have dogmas. That's all to put things to the test because nothing is more treacherous than your own, you know, intuition or what you feel. You, your feelings can be so wrong. And so that is why in the church, these private revelations, as we call them, are never uh, obligatory for anyone. Not even Marian apparitions, not Lourdes. If you're a Catholic and you don't, you don't believe in Lourdes, that's totally fine. <laughs> Nobody will, uh, will, well, 
Some people will be upset about that, but let's say so. <laughs> if you know what the church stands for, you wouldn't be upset about that because it's it's never uh, adding anything to what we already have received through the gospel, through the apostles, and through the apostolic tradition, and through the sacraments. A private revelation can only, let's say, uh, illustrate, uh, explain, uh, intensify maybe devotion, uh, but but it can never replace things that the Catholic Church holds dear. And uh, that is why this Maria Divine Mercy, uh, that's, that's to me, in, is in the category false prophets. And someone who's maybe fooling herself. Turns out, some journalists dug up who this person was. Turns out it's actually not one person, it's two people. It's a lady uh, and her daughter, and the lady has been in real estate, and then she changed jobs and became a full-time seer and is selling her prophecies and, and most of all her books for a lot of money to a lot of people that totally believe her because, well, she tells things that people want to hear. It's uh, what what often happens in these scams because this is basically a spiritual scam. Is they will tell you that even though the world may seem complicated and very threatening, it's so simple. It's just black and white. And here's the recipe: do this, and there will be no more wor- nothing to worry in your life anymore. There will be no more trouble. You will understand everything. All that, of course, is is not true. <laughs> our life is complicated, our world is complicated, and there are no simple solutions. The only simple thing that you can do to make sense of all of this is to love. But love in itself, even though that sounds simple, is very complicated to put in, into practice. But, but the, the church would always say, yes, there is a simple answer to everything. The answer is love. But then you need to work hard to make that a reality and to open your heart for that love and to learn how and discern how to apply that universal commandment of, you know, love God, love your neighbor as you love yourself, to translate that in all these practical situations. But it's not, we're not saved by saying, you know, an, a number of rosaries every day or something like that. Anyway, just wanted to share that with you. Just the, the funny things that you read and hear from from time to time. It's crazy. When did you become an expert in thermonuclear astrophysics? Last night. The packet. The extraction theory papers. Am I the only one who did the reading? I don't think I could do any reading tonight anymore. It's uh, it's so late. Sometimes I read in bed. I have a Kindle. And uh, I wake up because the Kindle falls to the, falls on the floor. I'm so glad these things are pretty sturdy. But, you know, I just fall asleep and then... <coughs> what was that? Uh, where am I? <laughs> what time is it? <laughs> um, sometimes I, I listen to audiobooks. That, too, happens to me. I was reading the other day uh, a post on, on Facebook by uh, uh, my friend Jimmy Aiken, and he said that he... Uh, that he was listening to an audiobook and he was telling Alexa to stop reading the audiobook because uh, Alexa can read audiobooks. He said, stop. And the thing didn't stop and just continues to read. And he said, stop. And again, he yelled, stop. <laughs> and and the, the personal assistant did not obey. It turns out he was dreaming. He woke up, he's like, oh, no wonder. And he, actually he had fallen asleep while listening to <laughs> the audiobook. 
<laughs> and so in his dream, he was yelling, but not in real life. That could have been me. <laughs> that happens to me also from time to time where I fall asleep. I Sometimes when I am, I have too much in my mind, like, like today, I've been working so hard, I know that I will have trouble sleeping because in my mind, I will continue to edit. It's just crazy. You've been behind this computer for, for 12, 14 hours in one day, and the mind doesn't stop anymore. So sometimes what I do to kind of calm me down is I, I, I turn on a very boring podcast. There are lots of boring podcasts out there. And so I take the one that is very monotonous, where uh, the person behind the microphone is talking about quantum mechanics and especially the more complicated theoretical side of quantum mechanics. Um, I'm not going to give any examples because that would excite the listener. Instead, I will continue to uh, talk about uh, just the theoretical aspects of quantum mechanics and quantum physics as uh, is also part of the discussion. And, and, and I was like, I zone out in one minute and I'll... <laughs> But sometimes the uh, the podcast uh, software that I use will line up other podcasts that are still on my to-listen-to list. And, and then all of a sudden you'll have, I don't know, uh, like a news report or a political podcast or this long technical podcast about Apple software. <laughs> it just goes on and I wake up like at 4 o'clock in the morning and the, the, the iPad is still droning on. <laughs> oh, boy. Anyway. So um, I have been listening to another audiobook, um, which actually I got the idea because I read uh, an article, uh, kind of a clickbaity article. I don't know where it was on The Verge or something like that. And they said, oh, this passage in the novelization of the, Retur of the Revenge of the Sith is going to completely change what you think of Darth Vader. So... I don't know if I'm the only one who was a little bit disappointed in the transformation of Darth Vader at the end, or Anakin into Darth Vader at the end of uh, Revenge of the Sith. I thought it was done a bit quickly, a bit abruptly, and of course you have that, no, which is not working. <laughs> so um, it turns out in the novelization, as is all uh, often the case, also for The Return of the Jedi, for instance, if you, if you don't like that movie, Try reading the novel, and it, it gives you, all of a sudden, gives you all sorts of insights, and a lot of the information in the novelization sometimes comes from deleted scenes, from, you know, uh, pre-production work that was done, character development. Usually, when a new character is introduced, they have written a backstory, and these authors can use that backstory for their novelizations. So in this case, Revenge of the Sith, there's this entire uh, internal monologue uh, or dialogue. Is it monologue or dialogue when you speak to yourself? I don't know. Anyway, uh, Darth Vader, all the stuff that's going through his mind uh, while he's being transformed into, into Vader. Um, and it's pretty good. It is actually pretty good. And it it's, makes me wish that they had done something similar in the movie. I don't know how you do that with, you know, it's like an inner inner voice, but it, it, it feels like the, the novelization does much more justice to the, the drama of what's happening. This is a tragedy, and it's so quick in the movie that the, the novel gives it room to breathe, and it becomes so much better. And then after having read the novel, you go back to the movie, and then all of a sudden it resonates much more. 
This is also, by the way, one of the reasons that I'm so glad that, that Disney is going to do more um, Star Wars television because look at The Mandalorian, how much time they took in that first episode. Some people said it was boring and it was slow. But I'm thinking, no, this is great. You see this, you know, uh, this Mandalorian being initiated, growing, learning, stumbling, uh, being surprised. And we also, since we identify with him, we also get to go through all these emotions. And if this had been a movie, just one movie, think of Kenobi. They wanted to do a Kenobi movie. Now they're going to do a series. I think that's so much better because we will have so much more time to go in depth in these experiences of Obi-Wan after the purge, you know, before he uh, takes uh, Luke under his wings. There are going to be so many more uh, opportunities to to turn this into a story that will have much more emotional impact than you could ever do in a movie. So, um, yeah, that uh, was a good experience, uh, rereading uh, the novel of Revenge of the Sith. I also read another book. It's called The World According to Star Wars by um, a certain Mr. Sunstein. That was that was fun. That's a book that I wanted to to write. You know, it's basically a like a personal take on what Star Wars has meant to him and uh, how how many times in his life Star Wars, you know, was important to him and helped him decide and learn and whatnot. So both books uh, highly recommended. And with that, it is time for a little break and a little jingle. In the meantime, I'm going to run to the other room and see how far the. Uh, the, 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 the rendering process uh, has come. Hip hip hooray! The rendering is done, which means I can almost go home and go to bed. I see aliens. Little aliens from outer space. And how are things in outer Plutonia? How many times have I told you not to wear your space boots in the house? Go to shape. I mean, you could donate my body to science fiction. Get your suit on! We need you! Okay, this is going to be the last segment, and it's going to be dedicated to to technology and and some of the tech that, that almost feels like science fiction. Sometimes I'm working with technology, and I stop, and I have to pinch myself, and I, I ask myself, am I really doing this? Is this technology actually in my hands right now? Because I've been dreaming about this for most of my life, and now it's right here. Example, virtual reality, augmented reality, the stuff that Apple is working on right now, and I just read an article that they're, the, the, their AR goggles are just around the corner, maybe next year, maybe two years from now, but they are investing year after year after year. I, I've read that they're was it more than 100 people or more than 1,000 people? No, probably more than 100 people working on the development of those AR glasses. Which means that for, for Apple, this is not just a, a test or, you know, let, let's just try out something. They're, they're very committed to uh, making this, these, this AR device a uh, reality. And I think for Apple, it's probably the smartest move ever because it will help them solidify their position for years to come. Uh, in the Android world, there's nothing that comes even close to what Apple is doing right now in terms of the power of their chips, but also the integration with other devices. Think of the watch, um, the integration of the iPad with the, the desktop computers, and, and uh, they're doing a lot of innovative work that I think 
lays the groundwork for what they're going to do with AR. And once the goggles are there and they look fancy and everybody wants to have them, then I think that that will help them sell their iPhones for years to come because the phone initially is going to be the processing device, sending the images back to the glasses. And then once the glasses, once the technology is small enough and powerful enough and the battery technology has advanced enough, they can put it all in just in glasses, then no need to to compete in the world of cell phones anymore. They just can sell these very expensive high-tech glasses. I think it's it's very cool and I never thought that I would live to see the day. Well, it depends, of course. It's, I still have to live to see the day <laughs> that that becomes a reality, but it's going to be awesome. Um, another uh, uh, piece of technology that I've basically discovered to be something of dreams is the is the my current cell phone, the Asus Zenfone Six. I've been raving about that phone uh, for a couple of times now. I just actually ordered a second phone, exactly the same one, because not because I need another phone, but because of the camera, the camera quality. And also something that is pretty unique to the Asus is that the camera in the back flips up and can also film you from the front. So it, it also functions as a front camera. And to have that versatility, to have the same camera quality, both as a back camera for regular, if you hold your phone in a regular way, but also if you want to film yourself, having two lenses, uh, a wide-angle lens and a regular, you know, high-quality lens for for filming, and also pretty good audio. I have, I'm constantly. You you may have seen the vlogs that I posted on uh, from Scotland and from England. Some of those vlogs were recorded in high winds, and it's you can still hear what I'm saying. It's, incredible i don't know how they do it there's a lot of post-processing in the in 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 the, in the device which i think is uh, proprietary for asus or aces um the stabilization is only uh digital but it's one of the best stabilizations that i've ever seen it's better than my canon m50 that's saying a lot and so um the reason that i wanted to mention mention it here again is that what i've been doing today for from 9 to 11, how many hours is that? Three plus, that's 14 hours of work in the editing uh, room here next door. I edited an entire television episode that was shot on my cell phone. And it looks amazing. It really looks good. There is a little bit of compression sometimes, uh, especially if I have these vistas of Ireland and you've got a lot of grass in the foreground, then you'll see some of the compression because the bitrate is not as high as you would have on, let's say, a Canon or a Nikon camera or a Sony. But it's still pretty high resolution. It looks better than any iPhone that I've ever used. And it's also what surprised me is how much information is in every image. There were some images that were a little bit blown out to, you know, uh, the, uh, um, the, 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 the software thought that it needed more light and so it let more light in. But I can tone that down. I can do a lot of color correction. And in some cases, I can do more color correction than I could do on Canon material. It's it's insane. I don't know how that works. How they do it? They they even have I think HDR filming where you know I'm filming myself and the sun is in my back. Normally you'd see a silhouette, 
on almost any camera, not on the Asus. You'll see both the color of the sky and you'll see me. And I don't know how to do it, but it's incredible. So the, the only trick that I had to figure out, and if you listen to uh, the walk this week, I've also explained that, um, is to make sure that I could use the 30 FPS, 30 frames per second, in a 20, uh, 25 FPS, so 25 frames per second, project for television. So here in Europe, um, broad, the broadcasting norm is 25 frames per second, whereas my phone, uh, more geared, to, geared towards the American market, has 30 frames per second. So if you want to squeeze 30 frames into 25 frames, you either do it by leaving out frames and then everything gets choppy, or you blend frames together, everything gets mushy, or and this is what I've been doing, and that's the first time I've ever done that, you slow down the footage a little bit. So you spread those 30 frames. It, you will tell the software, just see this as 25 frames per second. So it slows down the image a little bit, and you get that nice, buttery, smooth, not quite slow motion, but it slows down a little bit. And because a lot of the images were of me walking, of landscapes, uh, I hardly recorded anything in Dutch. That was the big problem. So I had to do everything with voiceover, which I think in hindsight, yeah, I probably overdid it a little bit. I stuffed this episode with so much content and it's just running out of time. You know, normally I I let it rest for a day and I'd go back to it and probably take out uh, at least 10 or 20% of all the voiceovers just to help people you know, breathe, but instead it's just voiceover, information, 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 pretty pictures, pretty pictures, pretty pictures. <sighs> 25 minutes long. I hope that people will watch it all the way to the end because I'm pretty proud of what I filmed. And uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's quite incredible that I was able to do that with just a phone. And I'm thinking the only, the only thing that I need to add to this phone is a good microphone. I, I bought, a, it's right here behind me somewhere in the room. Oh, I don't know. Oh, which reminds me, I need to unpack some stuff. I got some presents. Um, the, uh, uh, what was I saying? I bought a, a Rode microphone that you that you can use in conjunction with the phone. It's got a, you know, the, my phone fortunately has a regular headphone uh, uh, entrance or, or plug thing um also for microphones for external microphones and so there's this directional microphone that you can put on the phone itself and i'm thinking i could probably film a lot of my tv work with just the phone imagine how useful this will be for you know travels where i can't take much with me for if i want to go film while i'm hiking uh, i remember when i was walking in spain when i was walking the camino you can only carry like seven kilograms of stuff, including your boots and your in your clothes. So you don't want to lug a camera with you. But I could take a phone and still film television. It was just mind-boggling uh, what technology can do nowadays. And with that, it is time for um, a final little thing that I need to do. I have to take my headphones off for a second and get two boxes that I'm going to show you well, I said in my um, in my initial reaction to Disney Plus, I said this feels like Christmas morning in November <laughs> because I woke up super early and lo and behold, 
Disney Plus was there. But there is another reason that it feels a little bit like Christmas morning because people are sending me presents. The first thing that I received in the mail, and I don't know who sent this to me, is very cool, the Harry Potter Advent Lego Advent Calendar. And so it's got 24... Um, boxes or windows in the back that you can open they're kind of you have to pull them out and then in, in every for every day there is a little lego thing that is harry potter related that you can put together and it's got two exclusive figures or yeah i think two it's got harry with his uh the the pullover that um ron's mom made for him with the H on it. It's got Hermione, also, I think, in an outfit that we haven't seen before, and it's got Dumbledore. I th I, I'm not sure if those are the... Yeah, those are the only three... Uh, no, actually, there's Ron also with his uh, Christmas uh, pullover. So those, are, I think, are exclusive to this set. It's very cool. I don't... It came from Amazon and didn't say who sent it to me. So if you're watching this, know that I'm super, super, super happy with this, and... Uh, I'm going to have a great advent. <laughs> the second thing uh, that I received in the mail is also very cool. It's this, this nondescript box. And uh, I was like, what is this? I didn't order anything. So I open it. And lo and behold, what is in here? I waited to unpack this for the, for the stream. But look at this. This, ladies and gentlemen is a handmade knit Yoda. This is completely handmade. This was actually made by one of my television viewers. She's a grandma. And she saw, I think on Facebook, how excited I was about uh, Star Wars. And so she decided to make me this. And I can't believe how cool this is. So... She sent me a note the other day. It's like, can I have your address? Because I've made you something. I'm like, sure. So I'm, I'm, I'm thinking a postcard or something like that. And instead, I get this huge, huge Yoda. And oh, my goodness. So this is, look at that. Look at how cool that is. He's got his Jedi robe. He's got his, uh, his mouth there. So he, he can smile a little bit. And he's got really nice, beautiful green ears. And he's got hands with the three, three fingers on it. And he's got legs. And all this is handmade. I mean, unbelievable. And it's so soft. This is the Yoda puppet that I wish I had when I was a child. <laughs> but it's so, I mean, amazing. This must have taken weeks I don't know, actually. I, I, I've never done this this craft before. But it is unbelievable, and I'm so glad. And look at all those different colors. So on the inside, it's all brown, because he's also wearing like a brown uh, jumpsuit or something like that. And uh, oh, the ears, the ears are just amazing. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for this. It is really, really cool. And I want to extend that thank you to... To all of you who sometimes send me stuff or or just support me with a patron donation or something like that, I know that it it, it may be one dollar a month or two bucks a month uh, or five or more. For some of you, that is all you can miss. 
and and so I really appreciate it because it's the gesture. It's it's kind of the the affection that you show and your support for what I do, and I really appreciate that. And I can't thank you enough for uh, for that generosity. So that's what I wanted to share with you at the end of this long day. I'm now going to upload the show, the television episode, to the FTP server. It is uh, it's three minutes past midnight, and I'm going to go home, and I'm going to go sleep. Good night. May the first be with you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. <laughs>